the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ that we may gladly suffer loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Genesis. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will wait, make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and rulers shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, she shall not, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Rulers of peoples shall come from her. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. not despise nor abhor the poor in their poverty neither is the lord face hidden from them but when they cry out the lord hears them 
From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the sight of those who fear the Lord. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Let those who seek the Lord give praise. May your hearts live forever. shall bow before God. For dominion belongs to the Lord who rose over the nations. Indeed, all who sleep in the earth shall bow down in worship. All who go down to the dust, though they be dead, shall kneel before the Lord. Their descendants shall serve the Lord, whom they shall proclaim to generations to come. They shall proclaim God's deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying to them, The Lord has acted. All the ends of the earth shall A reading from Romans. The promise that Abraham would inherit the world did not come to him or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all Abraham's descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom Abraham believed, who gives life to the dead, and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, Abraham believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made Abraham waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what God had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses, trespasses and was raised for our justification. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world is crucified to me and I to the world. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised, we will trust your word. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Now Jesus said all of this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Earlier this week, a friend posted sarcastically on their timeline, I guess that's just my cross to bear. I cringed a little when I read it. Of course, they didn't mean it literally, that having to do this one task was taking on the suffering of the whole world. It was funny, given the situation, and I love sarcasm as much as anyone. But this phrase, my cross to bear, has been used far too often by people who believe it and accept a situation that can't be changed by bearing with it, with patience and perseverance. I've heard people say, it's my cross to bear, after being diagnosed with a life-threatening illness. Parenting a child with disabilities, living in poverty or experiencing job loss or any other situation of unjust suffering have been minimized by this common expression of bearing one's cross. Worse yet, though, is the countless times that this phrase has been used to keep people in their place, told by others in authority that they must endure suffering because it's the Christian way to think of others first, denying ourselves and endure whatever situation life gives us. Now, one of the first things that I learned during my training to work with women who are experiencing domestic violence is that it is often the priest or the pastor who tells the woman to go home, to return to the abuser because it is her cross to bear. Now, thankfully, as more women and people of color and LGBTQ people become theological leaders, there are now significant challenges to that dangerous theology in our own church. There are still too many, far too many people, clergy and lay, who see suffering as something that God gives us as a gift to show how faithful we are to God by gladly taking up a cross of suffering and shame for the glory of God. It's time for a new reckoning with this biblical text. What does Jesus mean when he says, any who want to become my followers, even you, Peter, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me? 
In the verses just prior to what we read today, Peter had just proclaimed that Jesus was the one they'd been waiting for, the one they dreamed of, the promised Messiah, the one who would help them break free from the oppressive Roman Empire. But when Jesus tells them that he must suffer, be rejected by the leaders, and die, Peter doesn't want to hear any of it. He tells Jesus, in effect, no, 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 no. We have bigger plans for you. You're going to save us from the oppressive systems that have been crushing God's people here on earth. Why? Why, Jesus, do you want to talk about more suffering? And it's then. After Peter proclaims him the Messiah, after Jesus says that he will suffer, die, and rise again, after Peter says, no, no, that's not what we want in a Messiah. And after Jesus says, get behind me. It's then that Jesus tells the people, if you really want to follow me, then this is what it means. Deny yourselves. Take up your cross and follow me. Lose your life for the sake of for my sake and for the sake of the good news of God made known in my suffering and rising. To take up the cross as Jesus did is to stand in the center of the world's pain. Taking up the cross means recognizing Christ crucified in every suffering person around us and pouring our energies and our lives into alleviating that pain no matter what the cost. The call of this week's passage, I think, is to be willing to embrace the pain of others rather than try to explain it or simply comfort it or try to fit it into some larger plan of God's. The call to deny self and take up the cross is to trust that God is in the midst of our brokenness working for and calling us to life. Teacher and preacher David Lois put it this way. He said, I have been struck over my many years of ministry that perhaps the one thing that unifies us most fully is that each of us has experienced brokenness. It may be the abandonment of a parent, the betrayal of a loved one, the loss of a child, the death of a dream, the oppression of those who hold power over us, or any number of other things. Yet this fact remains. To live is to struggle, to hurt, and to experience loss and brokenness. We are called to take up the cross and expect that God is fully present in the suffering and brokenness of the world. We are called to take up the cross and be honest about our brokenness and demonstrate our willingness to enter into the brokenness of others. We are called to take up the cross because we follow the one who not only took up his cross, but also revealed that nothing in this world, not even hate or darkness or death, can defeat the light and love and life of God. When we embrace each other's brokenness with honesty and vulnerability, we experience God calling us to new life. We experience resurrection. Resurrection is experienced when we believe the person who shares their story of sexual assault and stand with them as they seek fair treatment and renewed life. Resurrection is experienced when we acknowledge the painful systems of race and class and sex that oppress and work with the ones who are suffering toward redemptive and justice-filled solutions. Resurrection is experienced when we hold vigil with someone who is sick or experiencing dementia or nearing death's door and assure them that God did not cause their suffering, but holds them gently in the midst of it. The cross is not our burden to bear. 
but it is the way of sharing the good news. Carrying the cross is not about patiently enduring suffering. It is not about abuse or oppression of any kind. God's work of costly grace is to be with us and to bring life to the world. And the good news is that through the cross of Christ, life can and does break forth. Even in the midst of death, God brings life, transformation, and healing for us and for all of creation. Amen.
with the whole church, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for all people in need. God of mercy and might, bless your church throughout the world. Uphold those believers who suffer for the sake of your gospel. Let us pray. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. Bless the earth. Save the animals and their habitats from wild and uncontrolled weather. Teach humanity to live with respect for nature and to join you in tending to creation's well-being. Let us pray. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Bless the nations of the world. Raise up advocates for peace and justice within and between nations. Give life where hope seems dead. Call into existence new realities we cannot even imagine. Let us pray. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Bless all who suffer in body, mind, and spirit. Restore medical systems and comfort all who are sick or dying. Lead us out of the practices of discrimination. We remember especially those we name in the chat or by unmuting. Rocky. John. Angela. Let us pray. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Bless families, those in our community, those waiting at national borders, those whose struggles are known only to you. Keep children safe, sustain expectant parents and those facing infertility. Accompany everyone who lives alone. Let us pray. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Bless Grady and Courtney preparing for baptism and those preparing to affirm their baptism at Easter. Let us pray. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Praises to you, O God, for Blessed Mary, Charles and John Wesley, George Herbert, Perpetua and Felicity and companions, and centuries of saints whose faithfulness inspires our Lenten journey. Bless those who mourn the half million dead of the virus in our country and those who mourn around the world. Let us pray. Lord, Lord have mercy. We entrust ourselves and all our prayers to you, O God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen.
Having heard the word in scripture and sermon, we now confess our sins. The placement of the confession here during Lent is the pattern of the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer. For those of you who would like to use your body at this point to either stand or kneel for this prayer confession, you are feel free to turn off your cameras and then to turn them on again for the declaration of forgiveness. Let us confess our sins in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead to sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, who has named and claimed us, calling us your beloved children. You know the secrets of our hearts. When we sin and stray from your paths, you astound us with your saving grace. For this word of life, we give you thanks. Loving Jesus, living word, in you the kingdom of God has come near. Through you all that was lost, has been found. Help us to boldly follow wherever you may lead, trusting your promise that we need not fear, for you are with us. For this word of life, we give you thanks. Holy Spirit, the mystery in which we dwell, into our scarcity, your abundance flows. Enliven all communities with your good news. Guide us to love and serve Jesus, giving ourselves away for the sake of the world. For this word of life, we give you thanks. All glory to you, holy God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. We thank you for joining us for liturgy this morning. Please know that whatever your spiritual orientation, you are welcome in this community. For as Christ welcomes us and embraces us in our brokenness, we also welcome and accept one another. No matter their doubts or fears, no matter our skin color or gender identity or sexual orientation, or how we vote, or how we feel about politics. In this place, we are one in Christ Jesus. We appreciate your continued offerings, and if you'd like to give an offering today and you're not on uh, recurring giving, there'll be a link in the chat. There will also be a link if you're a, you are a newcomer. We would love to learn a little bit about you. We are in the season of Lent, the joyful time of preparation for what's called the Paschal Feast, which means Easter. And this week at 7 p.m., there's the opportunity to join others in our Lakeview community, other Lutherans, for a service of evening prayer at 7 p.m. And that link is in our e-news and on our website under the announcements. Please also note that next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month, believe it or not, March. Spring is coming and we will be celebrating Holy Communion for those who would like to prepare elements for that service. Our small bites today following worship will begin about three or four minutes after the end of the service, and it will be a very important conversation on reparations, part two of that conversation. And finally, as we begin to imagine what uh, a small in-person gathering would be in the next weeks, we're going to do a poll right now to, uh, for you, so it will appear on your screen, and take a moment to fill out this poll. as they say, let us see the results. I'm looking at the screen in the church. One second. We're planning um, for Holy Week to begin some service in this space where we can have a small number of people but also be live streaming with some new equipment and we're just seeing kind of what people's interest would be. So as we look at this now, we do have a number of people who have been vaccinated. And imagining the next five months, when would you feel comfortable? If I can read it, it looks like 29% now, a 38 when I'm vaccinated, um, not likely in the next five months, 18%. And 15% of those joining us today live outside the Chicago area. So isn't all of that fascinating and good to know for the staff and our congregation council. Please now receive the blessing. May Christ who calls you to take up your cross, give you strength to bear your own and one another's burdens. And may God bless you now and forever. In the strong name of the Holy Trinity, one God.
Go in peace. Remember the poor. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Even in this more serious time of Lent, it is now our joy if you would turn on your cameras and we can, even in this online community, greet one another with peace and joy. The peace of Christ be with you always. Peace. Peace be also with you. Peace be with you. Love of Christ be with you all.